You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Uh, hey, Liv. Even John Wayne Gacy took photographs every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Even John Wayne Gacy, Mr. Creedon? Hey, Liv. <laughs> You want some cheesecake? Oh, no thanks, Mr. Crean. I'm all right. (laughs) Hey, Betty. Get Liv some cheesecake. (laughs) Hello! And thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 146, the Orange-rific edition. Yeah, man. And you know, um, you watched the game Friday? I watched, I followed it um, on GameCast because I was watching uh, the Yankee game and my parents uh, cut the cord. So they have um, PlayStation have their stuff anymore yeah, and and you can't well i was actually at their house so this made oh, okay. it even more tenuous uh because on playstation view you get all the stations you need but you can't flip you can't, oh okay you yeah. can't really flip channels you well it's hard to flip forth. stuff when you're streaming yeah because i because i mean i was trying that uh on here one day yeah it's not as Streaming, it's not as easy to flip back and forth because you always got to, you know, you get a little buffering time before you go. So it's not natural like flipping a TV, you know? Yeah. And to to be honest, I, I hadn't really followed the Yankees much during the year. I went to a game uh, with my dad early in the season um, and, you know, kept arm's length. Uh, but he he was like all in with him this year and you know yeah. i get text texts from him or uh you know every time i'd see him you like ah yanks lost again or, you know he was just he was committed yeah so um i was over there went to dinner and he had the game on uh so i was watching it with him and and i was keeping tabs on the syracuse score but i know how that goes you know yeah tied you know 17 17 in the in the second quarter it just means all right let let me let me just keep an eye on this because the third quarter could be a whole different story. So that's kind of what I did until about midway through the fourth quarter, and then I, then I got invested. Well, I'll be honest with you. Like I uh, tonight, we had that delay for an hour. I kind of thought in the back of my head because the, the Astros Yankees game was on. The Yankees made a rally and came back and won. And I was thinking to myself, I bet you Sanders is watching this fucking Yankees game right now. <laughs> Because your computer came back online right as it ended, basically. So, okay. Now, the funny thing is, is that I was indeed watching the game. Now I'm all in. Now I'm all in. I'm like lifelong Yankee fan from like back when I was six years old. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stand watching, watching the Red Sox. Yeah. You know, come back uh, in 1978 or whatever it was. But um, uh, it might have had something to do with, with – with my bandwidth capabilities. It could yeah. very well have been. But I was watching the game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the guys that I'm in the league with, the uh, fantasy league, 
there's one guy that's a big Yankees fan, but then there's like at least two of the guys, including my buddy Todd, who got me in the league, who went to law school with me, him and his buddy Martell, they're really big Astros fans. Okay. And um, I think, I'm not sure, how, those are the two biggest Astros fans out of the crew, so we're in this group text, you know, and I wasn't watching most of the game, but they were winning the whole way, and then, you know, I have it on Do Not Disturb on there, because... You know, when the texting gets gone, it's like, if you don't have it on Do Not Disturb, the phone's blowing up every two seconds. Right. You right. know, and then I looked at it, and I tur- and I got in the house and turned it on. It was a one-run game with the Astros up, and they were up like four to nothing at one point. And those guys are just having a meltdown, you know. It's like, oh, this is depressing, <laughs> you know. Because, I mean, yeah, you're a Yankees fan, but everybody outside of it, you know. The depressing reality is, hey, the Yankees are going to be really good for years to come, and they're ahead of schedule right now if they go to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other side of it is, the worst part is turning it on because Fox is doing it. You know, Joe Buck, he's going to – Joe Buck is going to blow his load constantly if the Yankees are somehow playing the Cubs in the World Series. Oh, he no will doubt. not be able to do a game without <laughs> friggin' ejaculating no less than nine times once per inning. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and perf, in a perfect world, perhaps sixty-three, no less than sixty-three times. <laughs> oh, we ought to add the sixty-fourth time in there because he ejaculates once every broadcast for himself. Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if he's lucky, he'll ejaculate 70 times because he, I'm sure he'll love extra innings, you know, it's like, and that's the worst. And just like Aaron Judge, they talk about him like he's like he's the best fucking young player in the league. And yeah, he's obviously good, but he's not the best young player in the league. I mean, what? He's hitting like 100 right now or some shit, you know, there's fucking yeah. I mean, yeah, he's really good, but. No one would talk about him like he was Jesus Christ if he didn't play for the Yankees. <laughs> well, I mean, he had 51 home runs. Yeah, I know. But in the playoffs, he's in like 100. And yeah, he also no, strikes right. out constantly. But, you know, no one talked about Troy Gloss like he was a friggin' messiah. And that guy used to strike out and hit home runs all the time. <laughs> well, he's from Canada. Is <laughs> he has his night play for the Angels and nobody gives a fuck. But you know how right. it is. Right, right. You know, I mean, we live in a New York centric universe. Sure. And no, in baseball uh, yeah, baseball specifically a Yankees centric. It's no not more, like yeah. he's a Mets. If he played exactly. for the Mets for one thing, he'd probably he probably would have had a season ending injury just by fucking falling the ball off his foot or something stupid like that because that's what happens with the Mets. <laughs> yeah. No, next year, that's when it comes. It comes, he blows up on the scene his rookie year and then, you know, all the Mets fans count their lucky stars and how they're going to go to the World Series seven yeah. of the next eight years and then they, you know, blow out a ACL or Yeah, Tommy just like John the pitching surgery. staff this year just all went to shit. Yep. You know? Yeah. All of a sudden, every dude's getting friggin' hurt. It's like the Mets are, it's friggin' crazy how cursed they are. You know? Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense. It's like, I don't know. I, I mean, um, I lost some of my base. It makes sense because it seems like the Mets are, they're, they're the equivalent of the nice, of the new, <laughs> 
the new shiny subdivision that's built on the old toxic landfill. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Basically, if you ever see their new stadium, it overlooks all the all the uh, chop shops where they take all the stolen yeah. cars and queens. Yeah. yeah, it's like the place where they go find the dead body on a friggin' Law and Order episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, but what in, you gonna, yeah. In general, in general, though, um, I, I I appreciate a Mets fan more than I appreciate a Yankee fan for for the simple reason that the majority of Yankee fans are assholes. Oh yeah, I know. It's probably like the same dynamic. Mets fans, to me, usually I take them as more authentic because this is the problem with Yankees fans. A lot of people claim to be huge, rabid Yankees fans, and then you find out, oh, I start rooting for them three years ago when I moved to Brooklyn, you know, or some shit like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. if you're a Mets fan, you're probably somebody who's been rooting for the Mets your whole fucking life because no one just adopts them, you know? Like, not too many people just adopt the Mets. W- which is true. Even, but even, the f- even, like, the tried and true... Uh, died in the wool Yankee fan who I've had a, a contact with because living in uh, working in the city, a lot of those guys I worked with from the ticket agency, a lot of like the you know the back room guys, the yeah. delivery guys, the you know the ops guys, um, they're all from they're all from New York. Most of them are from the Bronx, and they're all Yankee yeah. fans, and they're just they're just assholes. Well, yeah, because that's the other side of them too, and that's. I mean, because the Yankees are very much like the Cowboys. They got a lot of fans that aren't have no connection to the city of Dallas or whatever. And then, but then they got a lot of people that have always been Cowboys fans who are from there. But they're all assholes as well, right? You know, just like Alabama football fans and Notre Dame fans and shit. Just I don't know. Dynasties have assholes for fans, but it's kind of because they're dynasties, you know? Yeah, they. The the I think the Yankee fan more than any other. I think just because New York is so big, that you you get a if you get a Notre Dame fan who went to Notre Dame is relatively knowledgeable and has a pretty decent perspective on you know not only their sport but on life in general. Uh, you can find an exception to the rule. Right? Oh, that guy's yeah. not so bad. That guy's not so bad. That, you're but- only saying that because you know Sean Creedon. <laughs> <laughs> but then remember, Rudy graduated from Notre Dame. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I hate Rudy. I hate that movie. And, and don't get me wrong, I've got no. I like the movie. I hate everything else about Notre Dame. <laughs> I've got no love for Notre Dame, but the more. The more die-hard a Yankee fan is that is from up here, yeah. in my opinion, the more insufferable they are. Yeah, but that's because people from New York are more obnoxious than regular people, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know yeah. that New York attitude. Everything here is the best. Everything yeah. else sucks. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's a quintessential, like, like the, the New York-centric view. Not, like, the Jersey view. Like, the New York, like, actual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Yorker. New Yorker. Yeah, New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Manhattan I was at- view. And the joke, too, about the guy that moved to Brooklyn who's a New York Yankees fan, because that's another thing that's fucking completely wrong. If you move to Brooklyn, technically, you should be rooting for the Mets. 
Yes, right, because the Dodgers left and the Mets are the yeah. replacement for the Dodgers. But um, I guarantee everybody that moved to Brooklyn for the Mets is doing it ironically. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, I root for the Mets. York, they suck. <laughs> that New York, uh, you know that 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 New York egocentrism. Uh, I was where I worked in a uh, a walk up in Hudson Valley, uh, which is like the Poughkeepsie area. Um, yeah. up, up the river, about, about an hour and a half outside of the city. And it's a very, it's very quaint. Um, it's, you go up there to watch the leaves change. That's like what goes on up there. It's like the Hyde Park take, area. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. north of that. A little north yeah. of that. Is that um, like, that's where like CIA is and stuff like culinary, culinary Institute of America and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's still a little north of that. It's up by okay. like uh, New Paltz. SUNY New right. Paltz is up there. Is that north um, of Westchester or whatever? Yep. Yeah, north okay. of Westchester by a good by a good hour, forty five okay. minutes. Yeah, so we're talking really upstate. Yeah, and it's got a walkway. It's a bridge. It used to be an old uh, railroad trestle. It's two hundred feet above the Hudson River, and they turned it into a to a walking path. And it's long. It's a mile and a half. It's, it's, Must be cool, though, huh? It's really awesome, and that's why they have this yeah. walk up there. Yeah. And for the most part, the people are, are, are nice and good-natured. You, you don't really get a lot of that New York metropolitan attitude because these people are, are upstaters. Um, you get some hoity-toity folks who – who've got some money and they think they should be able to park anywhere they want, that kind of deal. But we're, uh, uh, we're kind of breaking down the event and, and it's this little country road that you can't put cars on both sides of the road or the bus, the shuttle bus can't get through. So we're standing out in the middle of the road with the help of the cops and we're making sure all this is happening. There's 2000 people on this, you know, I would say it's, uh, you know, 300, by 100 foot postage stamp of of a of a event site and this family they're all dressed in team colors and they just decide they're going to walk down the road in the middle of the road and one of the guys that works for me says hey guys purple team purple team can you can you move over can you get to the left and the little kid goes fuck you <laughs> And my guys were just like, what is going on here? So I pick Fuck up the you. conversation and go, purple team behind the cones, please. And the father goes, don't tell me where to fucking walk. And I'm like, I can't believe this And this, this is happening. for an ALS walk? This is an ALS walk. <laughs> I get this, um, I get this uh, link uh, from the event. It had some news coverage. And um, that's in Valley. It had some news coverage, and um, I'm watching this four-minute news story that they uh, that they ran on the event. And sure enough, the purple team shows up, and they get interviewed. And it, the guy, his mother, um, had died from ALS last year, and they're coming up to walk in their memory and blah, blah, blah. Uh, sure enough, motherfuckers from Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, you can take the... You can take the trash out of Staten Island, but you can't take the Staten Island out of the trash, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, they still got, they got a huge landfill there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. I'm glad you got that. So, 
Um, so I was. I watched the. I watched the Yankee game for for the majority of the time that the football game was on, just because I was at my parents' house. I did have some interest in it, um, but it was more of a practical commitment than anything else. But did you watch the whole game? It was the plan, and then my buddy had texted me. Uh, my buddy Todd, who's a big Astros fan, he's like, "Do you do anything for the game tonight?" And I knew he was talking about the baseball game. So, you know, but I was like, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to head home right now. I'm going to watch the Syracuse Clemson game. But I was like, but I'd be willing to meet you somewhere for halftime or something. So we went to the beer garden bar that I didn't end up going to with you. But um, but it's that bar I was telling you about that was right near where my sister worked near Parkway. Yeah, we drove by it, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a great place because it's got a big outdoor area, and you know there's a bunch of TVs out there and stuff. So I went out there at halftime, met him. But um, so when I got to the house, I got walked in the house at like six o two, and it was like twelve and a half minutes left in the first quarter, and we were driving the ball, you know, and then we scored a touchdown first, and I was watching and. I had to time everything out because I still need to take a shower. So I freaking probably took like a two-minute shower. And then right when I went to halftime, you know, I drove over that bar and got in there right when the second half started again. <laughs> you know, and always the funny thing about being a Syracuse fan in New Orleans. I went over there with the dog, you know, because you mm-hmm. can take your dog there. But um, it's like, you know, there was – there's a chance there might be a couple of Clemson people in there because there's Clemson people down here. Not so many, but there are. There's probably enough of them to have alumni gatherings. I'm sure, you know, more so than Syracuse people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I graduated from high school with a guy that graduated from Clemson who ended up going to Clemson graduating, but uh, I know he wasn't out at that place. But I did see some people in orange, but I guarantee it was not Syracuse orange. So when they won, and of course, I'm celebrating. I'm the only person out of the hundreds of people in there that give a fuck about that result. <laughs> you know, And that's always the funniest thing about B. That's why I don't even care to go to places to watch Syracuse sporting events, because now you can stream everything anyway. Because it's like, if I'm going to be celebrating my myself, I might as well be doing it from the comfort of my own couch. Right. You know, <laughs> but... Uh, right. But I wanted to. I actually did want to get out of the house anyway because I never go anywhere, and and I haven't hung out with my buddy Todd in a while, so it was a good excuse to get out. But he was all decked out in his Astros shit. I'm in my own shit, you know. And then it was funny, and they had these guys, and they're like, oh, they're like, oh, I guess this guy cares. These older, these guys probably like in their forties to fifties, you know, like preppy guys that were probably, you know. This is probably happy hour spilling out. You know, they were all dressed like in business casual stuff. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm the only one who cares. I was like, and my dog, he's a fan. Because Blue has the Syracuse (laughs) collar. And I had to draw attention because I was like, they will notice that's a big deal because this is Clemson who we beat, who beat Alabama. And everybody here knows the friggin' reputation of Alabama. You know, right. and like, oh, all right, all right. You know? <laughs> like, y'all be Clemson? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, the funny thing is, before that, I, uh, like a day or two before Jordan, we're on this group me, uh, you know, the group me app, you know, it's, it's basically string text, you know, but it's just, it's not in texting it's an app you know through microsoft and you put it on your phone and you could just do all these conversations and stuff and he added me to this group like a month ago or so with him and all his buddies like it's like medardo and that guy mike and 
the dude Louis Lewis that was running the bar, and I kicked Greg. All basically most of those people you met when we went to Zippies. Okay. You know, yeah. Are yeah. all on there, you know? And he was asking me, um, you know, Jordan's like, "What do you think about the game?" You know, and of course I hedged my bets. I was like, "Ah, oh, well, we always get our ass kicked by them, you know." But I'm thinking we might be able to keep it close. And I mean, honestly, I did think we had a chance to win. Be honest, I thought we had a chance to beat. LSU, because I know we're not great, but I've watched us play, you know, and it's like, I don't, we should have won that game the other night by more points, you know, like, this is the bullshit that happened, we were up, what was it, it was 17 to 10, was it, yeah, it must have been 17 to 10 at that point, uh, it was either 14 to 7 or 17 to 10 or whatever it was. Whatever, it was a one touchdown score. I think it was 17 10. And this is in the first half still. We freaking Dungy drops back and throws the ball to Ishmael, who catches it and friggin' runs and drags a defender, gets an end zone. Should be a touchdown, right? Of course, they call the penalty on him for offensive pass interference, which was a bullshit call. But I'm not surprised. That's another thing. When you, Did you watch the Syracuse-NC State game a couple weeks ago? Uh, bits and pieces of it. Okay. That game was closer than a lot of people expected. And it was a game we could have won, but we had a lot of calls go away. I mean, I think one of the problems is, I mean, well, I'll put it to you in this way because I'm sure you've probably watched way more Syracuse basketball games. Yep. Officials treat us like shit in basketball in the ACC. Yeah. They really treat us like shit in football because we're the newcomers. We're not one of their schools, you know? Right, right. Everyone else, they show all these Bojangles commercials when you watch Syracuse games because they're all ACC broadcasts. <laughs> Syracuse, like, it's probably like fucking a thousand miles away from the closest friggin' Bojangles chicken. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> like, they're such an outlier. <laughs> you know, right. of everything. And, like, that offensive pass interference was called, was a bullshit call. So, literally, on the next play, friggin' they pass it to Strickland out of the backfield, and he fumbles it, and the guy picks it up and plucks it out of his hands or whatever and runs, like, 70 yards for a touchdown, ties the game. So, it's like, we definitely were the better team. You know, so I watched it. We deserved to win. And then, even at the end, we got the ball back from them with, like, Six and a half minutes left in the game, and we just freaking ran out the clock, dude. Like, like it was fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was amazing to watch. They actually, and you know what? The week before against Pittsburgh, they should have been able to do that. They threw us a, a shovel pass, like at the five yard line. All we needed was like a yard to get the first down, and we would have had it. But the guy dropped the shovel pass, and we had to give it back to Pittsburgh. But it was the same scenario, basically, where we got the ball like six to seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they and all they had to do, and they just kept getting first down after first down after first down. Like it was impressive, man. And some of the officiating was awful because we get bad calls against us because you know we're not one of their teams, man. You know so. If it comes, you know, if there's a 50-50, it, it if there's a 50-50 play for the officials to make a call, 85% of the time it goes against Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You're right because the football, more than any other sport, those assigners who work regionally for the conference, so there's a guy 
who's yeah. who works with the conference, and he's got a Rolodex of officials, and he assigns officials to the games. Yeah. Uh, in basketball, works the same way, but you because the schedule is a five day a week schedule. Yeah. You you might get some overlap, so a Big East guy might work an ACC game, but in football, all the games are on Fridays and Saturdays, yep. and you stick to your region. So ACC refs are only ACC refs. So yeah. uh, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but uh, but yeah, that's, that's the yeah, truth. because they got to have them by conference in those in in football because that's how you. Because there's because every conference has a head of officiating, you know. It's kind of like it kind of needs to be consolidated like that, you know. Right. Yeah, and it and it fucking sucks, and it and that's the problem. We are such an outlier, you know. We're a yank. We're a school that's closer to Canada than the mate than fucking Florida, you know, or anything, you know. We're so far away from the geographic center of that conference. And I think it definitely works against us. And they were screwing us in the NC State game. And luckily, we were because because we were at the point where we were going to go up a bunch of points, you know, and then that happens. And it's like, oh, man, because that's the type of shit that happens when, you know, it was just like that um, Tennessee-Syracuse game in the Dome the week after we beat Michigan my last year, you know, my red shirt senior year. You know, saying, you know, it was Donovan and my, you know, both of our red shirts yes. in the years. <laughs> yes. And we had. That's how he beat. refers to it. I've heard yeah, him. Yeah, at, he's like. I've heard him at parties. Red shirt that year with <laughs> me. And, um, and we, uh, we stopped Tennessee on fourth down. And it was SEC officials. Because, you know, the contracts, like, that's the thing you work out in these contracts. Who's going to get what officials for games, you know? Yeah. Like, it might be like, all right, you guys are going to come and play us. But they're like, all right, we'll do that. But we get to bring our officials for that game, you know? And and so that game, they got to bring the SEC officials, which are a special kind of corrupt in my belief, you know? <laughs> like, they're definitely corrupt when they're, when it's an interconference, an interconference game, you know? Yeah. And fourth down, fourth and ten, they don't get the first. And we're going to run at the clock. Oh, there's a flag. Oh, pass interference in Syracuse. And Tennessee goes down and scores the win and touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown within a minute, you know, with like a minute, less than a minute left in the game or something ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Very little time left in the game. And Tennessee goes on and goes undefeated and wins the national championship that year with T. Martin. Right. You know. And what I also remember about that game, because it's, it's still the only time I've ever seen this call made, and I think it was made. I don't know if it was the same call made twice, but it was definitely a uniform call. And I think there was at least two uniform calls. But one of them is definitely they called a penalty on one of our guys in that game, that Tennessee game, because his fucking pants were above his knees. <laughs> 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 and I guarantee you that call ain't being made if that's Alabama versus Georgia, Tennessee versus Alabama. You know, that call's being made because it's Tennessee versus Syracuse. What fucking referee is policing where your pants are? You know? Right. And and I still feel that way when we play in our own conference that we're playing a out-of-conference game with their officials. And I feel that way in basketball, you know, because it's like, 
Oh, here we are, the the team from New from upstate New York, from way upstate New York, coming down the Tobacco Road to play the the friggin' North Carolina teams with all the officials who are all from North Carolina. You know, <laughs> what kind of call were the refs making when Marcus Dupree's running down the sideline without a shirt on because he wore those tearaway jerseys? Yeah, 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 yeah. right. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, man. What happened the other day? Was it in the Saints game that that happened? There was a game the other day. I think it might have been the Saints game where they basically, yeah, I think it was the Saints. Abdullah, I think it was. I think it was in the Saints game. But his jersey, like, tore off like that almost, you know? And it was crazy because, you know, they quit making those rip-away jerseys. Yeah. Decades ago. But, like, somebody dragged down, totally ripped the jersey. It was, like, hanging on a thread. You know, I'm still glad they tackled him because I thought he was going to run off because that's the type of shit that happens when you watch a Saints game, you know. (laughs) But, I mean, anyway, it was amazing. So, of course, I didn't even go to sleep for hours, you know, once the Astros-Yankees game ended because it ended after the Syracuse game. Um, Left the bar and I came home and, you know, so obviously I'm looking up everything on the Internet, you know, gone through Twitter and then – I get into my bedroom and I turn on the TV and I turn to watch ESPN. They're showing the replay there already. You know, it's already like in the third quarter. I was like, I got to watch the replay again. <laughs> you know, because because you don't get the pay. You don't get the same level of attentiveness to the TV when you're in a bar as opposed to when you're at your house anyway, you know? Right, totally. Like you don't hear all the commentary and everything. So it was nice being able to watch like the crucial – moments especially like us like advancing to kill the clock like the play did you see did you see did you see the second half uh i only saw anything i saw was in the fourth quarter all right well the play that actually officially won the fucking game for good it's third and three you know and then we get delay game oh yeah yeah that's right when i tuned in yes (laughs) yes But then Dungey makes one of the ballsiest fucking plays ever. I mean, you yeah, saw that? Yeah. He fucking runs and he lunges over. You know, like he's laying on, lying on top of a dude and he lunges over and gets yeah. the first. You know? And it was just, it was like, holy fuck, this is definitely our day. The fact that, you know, we freaking spotted him five yards and Dungey still pulled that shit out. And the fact... Like, that was one of the best plays ever. Like, he just kind of spun around like he was making a dunk or something, you know? The fact that he got up and stretched from that. Because bo- that's the... Yeah, th- but the play he made to do it was fucking... It was so amazing. Like, you know how often you see guys in there and they shorten it? Like, he had enough... He had, an A, enough athleticism and presence of mind to know exactly what he needed to do. Yeah. yeah, didn't get hurt doing it, which is amazing. Yeah, well, the fact that yeah, the fact that he walked away because that's another thing that happens too. Officials all year, they let you know, and that game at least they called it a few times. But through most of these games I've been watching, they pretty much let like in that Middle Tennessee State game that we lost, and other games too, games we've won, they let fucking guys tee off on Dungy, you know. Like they let like it's like open open season on him. You know, whether it's outside the rules, they don't care. You know, it's just like, come on, man. I know a guy's gonna run, but you can't just let him you know, it's not a license to just knock the fuck out of him in his head every time, yeah. you know? But uh 
But hey, he's staying alive. And then the most exciting part is last night I see late night on Twitter because I followed D- Daily Orange Sports on there and there was like a retweet and it was from like the editor of DO and it's like, oh, by the way, if you don't live in the Syracuse area, we will send you a DO. Just email at info at dailyorange.com. So I sent them an email and I was like, dude, I live in New Orleans. Here's my address. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> and they emailed me back today and she's like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. This is Alexa. Uh, I'm taking care of this. We got your request. We'll be getting the mail soon. I'm like, awesome. Nice. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I responded. I was like, hey, hopefully by this time next week, I'm asking for uh, you to send me a Miami edition. Right. Because if we beat Miami, this will be the first time in Syracuse history they've ever beat two top 10 teams back to back. Which would be fucking amazing. Not that's going to be the same thing, because I because it's at Miami. But you know, it was just like a nice little joke. But it would be friggin' awesome. So so set aside three thirty to seven o'clock your time, two thirty to six mine this Saturday to watch that. Yeah, game. that's good. Uh, I got the day off, so I have. Right. Uh, I definitely enough. have the time. A uh, couple things. Um, the real nitty gritty of the game, breaking it down, the X's and O's style, is at least we looked respectable. We had a respectable uniform combination on. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we actually had orange jerseys I mean, like, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I mean, I still like the orange helmets, but, like, at least we weren't wearing, like, platinum or, like, um... The full blue on blue on blue shit they were wearing a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll take this. I'll take the orange jersey with the with the blue helmet. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. was uh, it was nice to watch. It was aesthetically pleasing because yep. it kind of takes you back to to like when really going to a ball game. You know, going nine and four was a good season, and going to a bowl game every three out of four years was pretty much what you could expect. And you beat a ranked team as many times as you lost to a ranked team. And you were a ranked team. And, you know, you had some national prominence. That's, you know, it makes you remember why why a football program is important to... Well, that's what I tell people, man. Like, people like... Like, yeah, we were never... Syracuse, even when we were there, we were really good. But, yes... We're, it's way harder for Syracuse to be nationally prominent. but And we're never going to have 50 guys in the NFL like LSU does, which is the most guys in the NFL. We're never going to have 30 guys in the NFL once, you know? It's never going to be that way. But when our time there, we had lots of really good players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like in my time there, we started in 94 and ended in 99. Um, there, there are two guys – one who's already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and one who will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that's Marvin Harrison and Dwight Freeney. And Dominic, that was really good, but he's not going to be a right. Hall of Famer. But, I mean, like, in a span of five years, there are two guys that came through that program who will be Pro Football Hall of Famers. I tell people, it's like, yeah, we're never going to be Bama or LSU. We're never going to be USC on par with that. But when we were rolling, we had really good fucking talent, you know? Yeah. I mean, it takes – I mean, yeah, you're not going to have as much talent in New York State, which loves basketball and 
plays a hell of a lot more baseball and other sports than does football. But, you know, the thing is, if you can be the team, there's a, there's not so, there's A, there's not so many teams in Northeast, you know, that as long as you can lock down your, your main recruiting areas without like those occasional really good players, like that's the problem we have a lot of times. When there are really good players from New York State, a lot of times they'll end up at Penn State or Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, as long as we can at least get one out of every three of those guys to end up at Syracuse, those rare friggin' dudes that can play anywhere in the country, you know, and we'll be all right. You know, it's just, I mean, of course, there was no UConn to compete with back then. And we used to get a lot of, we used to get a lot of diamonds in the rough from the state of Connecticut, you know, places like, like your buddy, like the McIntosh brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like they were from Connecticut and stuff. And the thing is, schools like, you know, schools in the South were never going to go get those players from Connecticut. But you know, there's no reason that it's not like it's it's not like it's a different breed of human being. There's still a good chance. It's just that the talent might be a lot more raw just because you don't have all the same built-in structure set up. You know, so I mean, it just takes a but. I don't know. Just that we're buzzworthy again. And you were in the dome the other night. There was more than 40,000 people there. And this time they walked away with a win. Like, you know, like when we went there for the LSU game a few years ago, it wasn't sold out, but it was like 40,000 people. Um, thing is, if they would have won that game, probably next week you probably would have had at least 35,000 something. Now that they saw something and they won, you know, who knows? Maybe if we go to Miami and get blown out the next week, it'll be like 30,000 again. But go to Miami, if we win, if we play it tight, whatever, the next week it'll probably be at least 35,000 or something because now there's a buzz. Like people feel like, you know, I think people are more inclined to think, oh, this isn't just some bullshit again where they're going to put on a good show because they know there's a bunch of people here and it's a major team. You know? From like, now they're actually showing results. So, when were you done? When were you off campus? 99? Were you no longer? Yeah, May 99. So, between 92 yeah. and 99, which is all the time that, that I was there and the time that you were there. Um, yeah. And then even if you go even if you go a couple years back, you know, Sean Reardon's on campus. So, you know, guys that we knew in our you know, circle have, have memories of this. But from 92 to 99, we went to six bowl games. Right, including like yep, we went to Fiesta Bowl multiple times. Two in that Fiesta time. Bowls, went to the Orange Bowl, and then you know with Gator yep. Bowl, Liberty Bowl, Music City Bowl. Uh, Kirby Dardar runs back to touch the, the kickoff return in the Fiesta Bowl. Like those, yep. those were, and we beat Clemson in that Gator Bowl. What was it? Was it forty to nothing or forty-one to nothing? Whatever 41 it was, to nothing, yeah, yeah, forty-one to nothing. That was the last time we beat Clemson because once we joined the ACC. You know, last year they beat fifty four nothing. Most of the games were blowouts. Then you know? we go in two thousand one. We go and then we go in two thousand four. And then we don't go to a bowl game for six seasons. Like that wipes yeah, out an entire generation of fans, right? Yep. Because there's yeah. there's a full class and a half that doesn't even. Yep. Did we talk about this when you were down here about that article I was reading about the Duke thing? Uh about that. That Duke blog uh, thing I was reading where the guy was talking about the theory yes. about yes. how that works. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And yeah. and that's so, it. That, that's, a, that's a perfect example, right? Yeah. Yep. But you now yep. see coming back from that is so much harder because since 2010, we we've gone to three bowl games, and we won yeah. all three of them. And I was at that pinstripe bowl, um, in against K State, and that was fun, man. As an alumni, yeah. so I've gone yeah. right. I. I yeah, I remember watching that. It looked amazing on TV. I remember watching it. It was like it was because that that might have been the first one, yeah. wasn't it? It was a was the inaugural bowl, and it was like really, it was really raucous. Yes, yeah. it was, and it, it was like a cool, crisp afternoon day. But snow had fallen before, so it was like a real wintry feel. Um, and I had yeah. gone away, so I was out, lived out of the country. Um, you know, I didn't have much connection to the university. I didn't make any trips back during that time. But now I reconnect, you know, like as an alumni, I'm reconnecting with, with the team, not because of the basketball, with the school, not because of the basketball team, but because of the football team, because it's easy to do, you know? It's easy yeah. to do. It's a one-off event that, that, like, closes the gap that you may have created over the yeah. last couple of years. but. You know, that's, a, I mean, then we go to a couple of bowl games and now it's been four years, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Like, I mean, Doug Marone, I guess he's got to do what he's got to do, but that really killed us because, yeah, I mean, we would be consistent right now had he never yeah. left. Yeah. You know, because the guy can coach. Yeah, no doubt. You know? And of course, now, and I was listening to uh, our old buddy Pete Thamel. I was listening online to him with uh, Matt Park the other day on his ra- – yeah, it was yesterday. He had him on his radio show. You know, I saw one of Pete's links on there, and he was talking. Uh, so I listened to it. It was like a five- or ten-minute interview on there. And, of course, they were questioning, um, you know, because now the problem is, oh, is Dino Babers going to leave? And, you know, he was asking about that because, of course, that's the most Syracuse thing. We can't even enjoy success. <laughs> right, right. Because we know our place in the pecking order because now it's, oh, okay, shit. Oh, we might have gotten too good. We have a coach that people are going to want to hire away. How sad is that, right? Because, yeah. I mean, with the remaining schedule, we look like probably go 500, right? Uh, we have – yeah, we're gonna we're probably gonna go to a bowl game of some sort. And this we year. lose our coach off of a five hundred of a five hundred season. That's like the guy who coaches Tulane gets hired away. The guy who coaches Tulsa to a five hundred season gets yeah. hired away. You know, how sad would that be yep. if we lose our coach after a five hundred if they're six and six season, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh man, he must be I so know. good. He tur- he turned Syracuse around to a five hundred program. <laughs> yep. I mean, it sucks because it's like, uh it's like, can we find? See, that's why. I, I mean, I guess that's what used to kill me. Like when I was younger, you know, and Tom Coughlin was at Boston College, and it's like, dude. Why couldn't we just had Tom Coughlin? He was a graduate. He probably would have just stayed here. Right, right. <laughs> but then, of course, Doug Marone comes in. He's a graduate. What does he fucking do? First chance he gets to go to the NFL, he goes yep. to the NFL. See you later. <laughs> They're not all going to be Jim Beheim, so that's the problem. Christ, we weren't Let's even see. Jim Beheim. I remember, I remember graduation, yeah. and I was like, eh, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere else for a while. 
You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we're not from Central New York like Jim Bayon. Sure. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> hey, that's the problem, you know. Thing is, like most people in Central New York, don't want to be Jim Bayon because that's another problem with Syracuse attendance. The freaking like the population of the greater Syracuse area has declined, you know, probably by at least twenty-five percent, if not more. And probably more than that in the past forty years, right. you know. Right. So it's like, and then, and then exactly, it's not like, like LSU, you know, like it's a state school. If you're alumni, good chance. If you're moved away, you're probably within, you know, there's a good chance you live in New Orleans, which is only an hour and a half away from the school, Syracuse. Okay, well, you might be in one of these northeast cities, but they're all like at least four hours away from the yeah. school, you know. Yeah. It's not exactly the easiest place to get to for, you know, oh, oh, you're in New York City. You want to come up for the game? Oh, it's a four-hour drive. Oh, you're in Philly. You're in Boston. You're, you're here. You're in Washington, D.C. You're five-plus hours away yeah, everywhere else, yeah. you know? It's not exactly the most conducive place for, like, to, to friggin' pile up your shit seven to eight times a season and go up there, you know, in a mass of, like, 30,000 people. Like that are coming, that are probably like you know, probably like the fifty thousand or whatever that are coming from out of town, uh, from an hour away plus from Baton Rouge to get to an LSU game on the weekends, you know. Yeah, but like they say, how are you gonna keep them down on the farm once they've seen Carl Hungus, right? Yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> Syracuse is oh, a is a town made to move away from. Yeah, I mean, that's. Any basically post-industrial town north of the Mason-Dixon line, I guess. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, yeah. I mean, it's why when it's you watch bad. like when you you know, I mean, it's why you got all these like Cleveland fans and shit that live other places and stuff, but no one lives in Cleveland anymore. You know, right. <laughs> like those are, those are dying towns. You know, they're dying places that were huge. Everybody's elsewhere. Yeah, so. That's why there's friggin' HBO documentaries about friggin' heroin addiction in Lowell, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a fact. It's like that's that's what happened. All these places that used to be like you know bustling centers of the world, friggin' a hundred years ago, and then demographics change, man. Trade changes, people, you know. With our dominant industries change, and then you don't need to live in these freezing-ass places anymore, so there's more people living in places like Florida and Texas and shit now. Yeah, it's... it's um, We just need them to go to the football games, though. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that remain. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God knows I'm not flying up there fucking every year to go to a football game. <laughs> and even if I did, I'm just one person. Right. You know? <laughs> we need the whole Dallas family reunion to be having a uh, gathering at the dome every week. Because <laughs> there's probably a freaking thousand of them in the Syracuse area, you know? Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, well, at least I got to go flip their banner down at um down at the varsity. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I did see the video of that too. They had that posted, the band flipping the banner. Oh, they did? The yeah, yeah, you go. 
Go look for it on Twitter or whatever. You can find a link to it. <laughs> so it's uh, fun to have a football program that's worth chatting about. Yeah, and one that's relevant. The one that beats a team that everybody knows about, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not like when we beat Louisville a few years ago or whatever, you know, like like eight years ago or whatever that was. When we beat Louisville, it's like back then people were like, oh, Louisville, big fucking deal. You know? Right. <laughs> That's right. It was. It was. Louisville, big fucking deal. <laughs> it's like, oh, you beat some basketball school that decided to become a big-time football program a week ago. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was a kid, Tulane used to have Louisville on their schedule, and it was like, oh, Louisville, like, Louisville football, like, who gives a fuck? Like, Tulane football was a bigger deal than Louisville football in 1986, you know? Right. Like, Louisville was a bullshit football program. They were a bullshit sports program except for basketball up until 15 years ago, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, that's why they're all in trouble right now, because they decided one day that they were going to invest all this money and become a big-time athletic program. Like, Louisville baseball, like, I mean, I remember they were in the same conference with Tulane. Tulane had a really great baseball program. Like, they went to the World Series a couple of times. No one ever thought about Louisville baseball. And then a few years ago, Louisville baseball's in the College World Series, and now they're there, like, every year. But then I read this whole article. They just said, fuck it. We're going to become a big-time sports program. And they just went after it. And they spent all this money, and basically the schools, like, broke off of all of it. You know? <laughs> right. But they just decide to become big time at everything, you know? So they've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars on all this crazy shit, just like we're going to become a big time sports program. Yeah. yeah. Horse racing money. Yeah. But yeah, well, oh, man. Deadspin, I think it was from just like in July, because they had another article linking back to it the other day about. You know, all the money, like they had a shoe contract deal with Adidas, and they just re-upped the new one. But the old one that they had with the school, Rick Patino was getting all but like twenty grand a year from it. Yeah, that's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But then it had a link to like the deal the AD was getting. The AD was getting way more money than any other AD. And then on top of the generous shit he was getting, he was getting all this other stuff on top of it that wasn't standard, you know? Like, big-time athletic programs weren't giving this to dudes. Like, and one of the things in there was he's got his own box for, like, the Kentucky Derby and all this shit. And then he's he he has... Season tickets to, like, Louisville football. Four season tickets to, like, the football and the basketball games for life. And so do his kids. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous the amount of benefits he's getting. He gets paid, like, five or six million dollars a year. Like, it was ungodly what he was getting. And But, I mean, that, and, like, they're, like, in so much debt. But, but he's getting paid all that because that's what they paid him to come there to do to make them a big time athletic program, and that's what they did. Overnight, they became they became more than just a basketball school, you know. Yeah, so much to the point that they don't even give a fuck about. I mean, it used to just be they didn't give a fuck about what their basketball coaches did, like Rick Pitino. Now they don't give a fuck about the football coaches, which is why they went and hired Petrino back when no one else would hire him. Right. You know? Right. It's like, oh, one year at Western Kentucky. That's good. We'll take you back. You paid your penance. Come here. (laughs) Yeah. That's when you know you've reached big time athletics. 
there when it's like when when nothing gets in the way of you hiring um, a coach that can win games for you, you know? Oh, all right, man. Well, what else you got? That's it, man. That's all. That's all I wanted to. That's all I wanted to cover. All right. Yeah. That's well, all. that's just about. I mean, we. That's just about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, fish every once in a while will do. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make a note. So, um, you know, you'll see the you go on the fish net, right? And you'll you you, wa- yeah. you watch all the uh, feedback from their sets and whatnot. And it'll have an asterisk, uh, asterisk. Asterisk. Asterisk, yes. But everybody says asterisk. Right. Asterisk that says uh, longest um, longest divided sky, 29 minutes, 45 seconds, Albany, New York, you know, 2012. And, um, you know, it's pretty common amongst the fish heads. But every once in a while, uh, the band will acknowledge it. You know, they'll, they'll go out and play, yeah. you know, the shortest bouncing around the room market you know uh, so this is the yeah, yeah. this is the shortest last week was the longest two sorry excuses clocking in at uh about two hours and 18 last minutes. week was aggressive last week was definitely aggressive two hours and 18 it seemed to be pretty well received i got some good feedback from it got a lot of got a lot of downloads or whatnot but um yeah no that's good but i mean it still was aggressive because yeah. it was like a it was a slog you know yeah, yeah. It was a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say that this is this is probably not our shortest, but it probably ranks right up there with with one yeah. of the most uh, I mean shortest sucks. of the traditional, shortest non Craigslist version or something. <laughs> I like it. Shortest non special topic. <laughs> right. 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 So, yeah, yeah, so there we go. Thing. All right. Well then on that note with apologies to Kirk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, ciao, Fredo.